Welcome to Inside the Firm, a podcast dedicated to small business owners and hosted by entrepreneurs, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Each week, they take you on their journey of how to start, run, and grow a business by bringing you inside their architecture and real estate development firm. Get a behind-the-scenes tour of how these business leaders manage their clients and foster company culture while creating new and innovative projects. And now your host, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Welcome to another episode of Inside the Firm. I'm here with Lance, supercomputer psycho. I am Alex, regular computer gore. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see how large Lance's computer is. It, it's overcompensating. <laughs> for what? That's the short of it. That's that's for you. That's for you to decide. Yeah. Uh, us to know. Uh, if you are overcompensating uh, in your Revit skills, don't do that. Just go and get your Revit skills. Go to RevitRocketShip.com. Check out what we have to do there. Um, it can change the way you think about how you use Revit, what you produce in Revit, the reward you get from Revit, the confidence you get uh, from Revit. Um, if you're having pains in, in modeling or anything like that, go to RevitRocketShip.com. Beautiful. I'd like to welcome back ArcCat.com for the 2023 uh, season for Inside the Firm podcast. ArcCat.com has nearly 30 years of experience assisting architecture professionals in their search for the best products for their projects. Starting as a desktop reference with listings and manufacturers catalogs, ArcCat has evolved into the number one most used website for finding building product information. Today, ArcCat is an invaluable tool for AEC professionals offering a powerful search engine. That is backed up to date, CAD, BIM, and specifications. And just as it was in 1999, ArcCat offers all of this at no cost to the user and without requiring registration. Visit ArcCat.com today and see why architecture professionals have used it for three decades. That's A-R-C-A-T dot com. Also want to welcome back Pella Luxury for the 2023 season of Inside the Firm podcast, a world-class collection of brands brought together to provide window and door solutions to the building industry and beyond. Duratherm and Riley are the true pioneers of industry. They are doing what no one else has done, building and designing beyond the status quo. These brands do not push beyond limits. They set them. Explore PellaLuxury.com forward slash the firm. That's PellaLuxury.com forward slash the firm today. <coughs> Book update. That's what I ran upstairs for. Um, if you are following along with us, we've already read uh, <clears throat> from page one to 45. And then last week, what we just finished up was the seven habit overview, um, which is 46 to 70. And I have just one takeaway to share with everyone. <clears throat> uh, this is from the book, page 66. This is where the seven habits come in. They provide an organizational model or way of thinking that can help you reach your goals uh, and solve your problems faster and better. Uh, the difference between getting 20 to 54, this is on a little test that was on there. Once you have this model in your head, you'll never be the same. It provides a pattern for creating a, a life of meaning and contributions. So basically they had you do this little test, see how far you got, and then they gave you an organizational model to help you pass that test and see how far you got. And that's analogous to, uh, to the seven habits. So next, if you're following along, we are reading the habit um, uh, be proactive and that's pages 74 to 107. Beautiful, Al, I have an economic forecast for you and for everybody listening and watching on the YouTube. 
Economic Forecast 2023. This is from Biz West, our good friends over at Biz West. Uh, headwinds ease, but economy expected to slow in the new year. So everybody wants to know what the heck um, is going to happen with the economy. And after reading through this article, it might have confirmed maybe my bias and maybe a little bit of Alex's bias um, about a slowdown in the first two quarters of this year, and then it'll pick back up, and it has everything to do with the Federal Reserve and them hopefully loosening up capital again and making interest rates a little bit lower. Right now, they're trying to stave off inflation. I just looked at CPI. You know what CPI is uh, today, the rate? Consumer price index, 6.5? It is 7.1 was the last reading. Oh, okay. Why so, do I keep hearing the 6.5 number? I don't know. They're probably just trying to make you feel good. Yeah. Uh, maybe it was just this last week, but last month was 7.1. So we'll see what happens. We're recording this on the 13th of January, 2023, and um, maybe we'll all be lucky, and hopefully inflation keeps to go down, and we'll enter a deflationary period uh, that doesn't get so deflationary that everything collapses. Um, but from the article... The economy, both in Colorado and nationwide, have been on a roller coaster ride since the outbreak of COVID-19 in tw early 2020. And while the biggest jerks and loops might be in the past, we're not quite ready to step off the pandemic co roller coaster quite yet. Even three years later, quote, I don't think we've been fully worked through it. And quote, Brian Lewandowski, executive director of the Business Research Division at the University of Colorado Leeds School of Business, said in December of the pandemic economic outputs. From the worker shortage to the supply chain disruptions to work-from-home productivity, there are still dynamics caused by COVID-19 that the economy economic system is still digesting. From COVID-19. Yeah, from the government's response, whatever. Uh, so, basically, uh, then they sum up later in this paragraph, according to CU's, so University of Colorado Boulder, 2023 Colorado Business Economic Outlook Report released last month. While headwinds appear to be easing, the toll on 2023 will be measured in slow growth, just 0.2% based on consensus forecast projections in November 2022. The Business Research Division is modestly more bullish, expecting 0.6 growth with the U.S. economy teetering on a recession in the first half of the year, followed by faster growth in the second half. Like which, which would be great. Which would be great. Which would be great because uh, it was a whirlwind of a year last year, especially in the construction side of things. And um, it would be not, like steady. We, we've, we've said that before multiple times in the show. Steady would be nice for a while. Yeah. Um, and then, sure, heat up later on. That would be good to go. So, so they looked at, uh, uh, I think, four or five different things here um, that drive the economy specifically in Colorado, but it obviously applies to you know, the rest of the United States. Real residential real estate was a big one. Um, both, so from the article, both the pace of construction and of growth in home prices expected to be tempered in 2023. Quote, the post-pandemic housing rally of, rally of 2020 and 2021 will be remembered for its extremely low inventory, historically low mortgage rates, and skyrocketing home prices. Flushed with borrowed money mm. and pent-up demand, New and existing home sales reached their highest level since 2006, end quote, the, C the CU report said. That rally is likely to falter, as Colorado economists are predicting rising mortgage rates will have their intended effect and cool off the market, according to CU. It's likely that the market will be flat or possibly depreciate 3 to 5% in 2023. Construction of new homes, both single and multifamily, will also cool off in 2023. 
quote, supply and labor disruptions continue to delay home deliveries, translating to a record number of homes under construction. And quote, the, the CU report said, quote, the home builders will slow their new production further to survive this slowing cycle, end quote. Uh, commercial real estate is the next topic they touch on. Um, quote from the article, uh, commercial real estate in Colorado posted generally positive growth trends through the first half of 2022, albeit at varying rates and withstood macroeconomic pressures well into the second half of the year. According to CU's Economic Outlook report, Colorado's competitive advantages of continued population and job growth will support further expansion in the industrial and retail sectors in particular, while the office sector undergoes adjustments to incorporate more hybrid work environments and a flight to better quality product. This is all good. This kind of reminds me of when we asked the economists before the pandemic, when we were at the International Builder Show. You weren't there with me. I wasn't there. Jay, um, and what it relates to in this book, to the seven habits is like, whatever your perspective is frames like what you do and how mm. you think and what you get. Mm -hmm. And this is all great. And I like this, but like the perspective is just all these kind of macro trends, you know, and it, um, and that like, will continue no matter what. Well, it, it just like, Hey, this is great. But what if, what if the fed, raises the interest rate 0.5% two more times and it breaks the money system and they're not fast to react. What if they raise it 0.5 times two more times and everything works out? You know what I mean? It's just like, it, it's just like, Oh, if, if, if trends continue, this is what should happen. Like, yeah, but there's a whole lot that goes in, you know, in between there. And then I'll kind of get into that after this article too. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, well, I have some good news for you. Good. Thank you. Uh, an especially bright spot, especially in the Boulder Valley, has been and likely will continue to be the biotechnology industry, which has a seemingly unquenchable thirst for flex industrial square footage. Uh, all told, the biotech-related development accounts for approximately 2.5 million to 3 million square feet of construction underway or in the pipeline. That's a lot along the Boulder slash Denver corridor, according to a recent report from Boulder-based commercial real estate brokerage, Dean Callen and Company. When you add proposed projects that have not been fully permitted, the square total square to footage total is much higher. So, uh, you know, there's always uh, little bright spots and silver linings. The opposite of the negative is the positive, right? Um, so you, wherever you're operating in, maybe you're in one of those spots where it's a it's a high demand area for whatever reason and you know there you can capitalize on those niches uh agriculture uh farmers in colorado may see record revenues in 2023 but net income will likely decline according to the business economic outlook report that's because expenses are increasing faster than revenues uh the war in Ukraine has meant increases in the price of wheat because the crop in Ukraine has been damaged or unavailable for export, but the cost of fertilizer, which is also impacted by war, is up as well. There's a perfect positive and negative example. Transportation costs due to increases in fuel prices are impacting net farm incomes. Cattle herds, the report said, will be likely smaller in 2023. Egg farmers are reeling from the loss of millions of chickens due to the bird flu pandemic. So, uh, and then energy, that's a big one for us. Uh, there's a lot of drilling here, a lot of fracking. 
Uh, both traditional and green energy industries expected to see growth in 2023. Increased oil and gas prices during the 2022 resulted in all-time high, all-time high valuation of the natural resources and mining industry in the state, according to the state's economic outlook report. More of the same is expected this year. The industry is benefiting from a from post-pandemic demand for energy, and as a result, adding jobs. Natural resources and mining accounts for about 4% of the state's GDP. Um, rig counts are going to rise, you know, for oil rigs that they say. And then on the renewables front, growth in both solar and wind electrical power generation is forecast. In 2021, about 35% of the state's net electrical generation came from renewables. As, elect- as electrical utilities continue their conversion of coal fire plants to solar and wind, the energy shares continue to rise what did you think of that number was that higher or lower than you way expected? higher than i thought it to be i thought it was going to be like 12 yeah yeah something like that Healthcare that's a big one uh health remains a major sector in the state's economy employing more than three hundred and seven thousand workers in 2022 while impacts of the covid19 pandemic have waned to a degree healthcare providers continue to search for long-term solutions to employment shortages that may have been exacerbated by the pandemic but did not necessarily cause the shortages. Problems for the sector, which will use 2023 to mitigate impacts but likely unlikely to, but unlikely to solve completely, include drug overdose deaths. Uh, 1,477 died of overdoses in 2020, the most ever, and a number up wow. 38% from the prior year. Uh, That's not good. No. The workforce shortages affect all sectors of healthcare. For every doctor, there are eight clinical workers, such as nurses and therapists, eight non-clinical workers, such as supply chain workers and, or clerical workers. Hospitals have remained profitable overall, according to the Colorado Department of Healthcare Policy and Financing 2022 report, with rural hospitals less well-off. The state is seeing greater demand for behavioral healthcare as a result of the pandemic, although growth in that demand predated COVID-19. Um, banking is not really a thing. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that's what they said. Like you could read it all, but like, it's, it's not huge in it, our state. It doesn't do much. No. Nope. What is the overall, g- uh, number for it? I mean, where, where are you seeing this? Going at 0.6%, no significant change in market share. Oh, okay. Like, <laughs> yeah. So it, so it's just kind of flat. I mean, yeah. the banking really reflects, sounds like what, you know, the high end of the forecast is. 0.6%. It's hard to, it's hard. I mean, who is going to borrow money in this environment? That's the thing. And that's always been the problem, right? As soon as it becomes hard to borrow money and yep. capital dries up and then, then we're all in trouble again. So it's just a troubling state of affairs we live in. Last one is technology, which is a big one for us. Um, and because the report specifically singled out Boulder Valley in Northern Colorado, which is where we're located for leading the way in nurturing technological innovation and entrepreneurship, supported by an increasingly diverse and highly educated population, population and the arrival of more talented college students and professionals seeking work opportunities in the region. The report cited an average of 5.5% annual statewide employment growth in the computer systems design sub- subsector over the past nine years and noted that an average employment through September 2022 is 12.5% tw- higher than the same period in 2021. Hey, hey, here we go. Quote, artificial intelligence, the cloud, and cybersecurity remain critical areas for new talent development and hiring across the sector. End quote. The report said adding 
that, quote, companies are fiercely battling for the best and brightest resources here, and the committee expects both hiring and compensation for these in-demand skills to continue to grow. That said, other areas, particularly hardware and services related to personal computers, are likely to see a drop in demand as the pandemic binge on new hardware wanes and inflation curbs these outlays. Even so, critical enterprise software investments will continue to apace, at least to remain current with the overall business-to-business functionality that is now critical for most firms to interact and efficiently operate. Um, so uh, last thing they say, the concentration of information technology employment in Boulder County is significantly higher than the nation as a whole, the report said, adding that wages in this industry are the highest of any industry and over 100% higher than average for overall industries in Boulder County. Yep. So uh, hopefully we're in good shape um, where we're at. And uh, I think the the biggest thing here is just if you are listing outside of where we are, which is uh, most people, then what can you what can you find um, for niches that you can exploit and bright spots in the places you operate in? So uh, that was all like decent news. Right? Wasn't the worst. Do you want me to be the bearer of like bad of bad news? Yeah. Have you heard of this guy? Peter Zealhand? I nope. Go ahead. It, I was Zehan, but yeah. Zehan. Um it would be great if if you had time. I would love to get your take on this this whole presentation here. Um so it's annual event twenty twenty two, Peter Z Zehan presentation. It's at Iowa State. And there was a couple things. So he's he's negative about a lot of stuff. Mm. And, I'll, and I'll give you... I, he'll say he's positive, but he's negative about a lot of stuff. So here's one. <clears throat> so I, I, I'm looking at a graph that he's presenting, mm-hmm. and it's Russia, Belarus, and Ukraine major exports. So they are first in global rankings of NEON, which is in a lot of uh, computers and things like that fertilizer and potash and potash is a fertilizer um and basically making the case that this is going to be a huge thing coming in in 2023 um for example uh here let's just go to i think i have it yep here oops oh you're trying to find uh your next time mark here no yep i got it right here okay so if you look at who makes a lot of food, the United States and also Brazil, nitrogen imported, 95%. Phosphate, 75%. Potash, 91%. For us, 93% potash. We make the, the phosphate and nitrogen. And apparently the nitrogen that we do get is from Canada, and they're probably cool about it. Um, so huge supply chain disruption there. That could lead to um, just a lot of like he literally says like oh civil uh, unrest if people get hungry I mean it's just point blank yeah but he said a billion less people hmm. like seems planned <laughs> that, that that that's a lot seems planned that's a lot um, and then here's another going to fifty six yeah chart he talks about demographics okay and this is the demographics of the United States China Germany and Japan. And basically, if you're looking more like uh, what it's supposed to look like is um, a traffic cone, essentially like a wide base 
of people that are young supporting a small base of people that are older, right? Because you need a couple people supporting the elderly who are retiring, right? United States isn't in the in the worst category because we have this middle group that he's pointing out that's supporting the people at the top. But China, as they move through the next decades, and Germany and Japan, as they move through the next yep. decades, they're very wide on the top and very shallow on a little, on, uh, on the lower end. And basically, he spent uh, spelled the doom and gloom for not only China, but Germany. What is the doom and gloom for China? Um, pop- too, oh, they're too top heavy. They're too top heavy With and population. Yes, and to, to resources. Is that what it is? It is that the no ratio? no 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 just to like um an eighty year old isn't going to be able to uh be a construction worker typically. Yeah. Right. So, uh, you don't have enough people to kind of do those jobs, yeah. and yet these eighty year olds need to be taken care of. Lance, look at the the Chinese one, not the stars. Do you see the yellow? I do. What is the yellow? <clears throat> those are lies in China's data. <laughs> So it's even worse. Wow, I see what you mean. Yes. So is is Germany is Germany lying? No. Nope. So so that's just their flag. Um, that the the yellow was just showing the the difference there, not the stars, but the other part. The problem with Germany, besides that, this population isn't the greatest. Yeah. Um, since they're not getting their their Russian oil, uh-huh. their uh gas, ga- yeah. natural gas, their gas prices are so high yeah. that literally. Major manufacturers, Lance, think about this. Think about what this does to your economy. Like huge 100-year-old German technology things are deconstructing their facilities. And he, he named one, I can't remember. Bringing them to, in this case, Tennessee and rebuilding them because the energy prices are so high. And they hope that they can make stuff like this. China, on the other hand, too, not only do they have this population problem, they have a, they have a tech problem. Meaning Biden literally just literally took, uh, and this is what he says, obviously, I, I don't know, um, Trump's policies against China and kept them, literally kept them and then reinforced them even harder. Hmm. So China's high tech, like semiconductors and stuff like that, the U.S. pulled out, the U.S. pulled out all their stuff. You can't trade with them you can't do it so the only things that they can really make are the low ends like the stuff in your microwave like the stuff who cares about right um so he says china's gonna have a real industry his his icing on the cake he's talking to iowa though um is manufacturing can and should and probably needs to come back to america yeah not only do you have you could have we could even have better energy but we have energy right Mm -hmm. we can make even better energy if we made many nuclear plants it would be awesome um we have transportation. We have it will be closer to the end consumer. Um, we have waterways that are navigable, and all this other it seems stuff. Seems like yeah, it seems like if if people are really concerned. I mean, the the fact that you said closer to right seems like uh, that would be more. It would be better for the environment. Yep. And so all the environmental people, you know. Yep. But he talks about how these demographics and stuff like that create an inflation that's here to stay. How mm-hmm. um. Like he literally said China's done in the next 10 years. Like, wow. Wouldn't that be amazing if it got disrupted like that? Yeah. But, but the, the mainstream media and the mainstream thought, and even my thought is like, oh, in the next 10 years, they will be so much more powerful than us. Like this is the switching of empires. Yeah. Um, so very interesting. That's what the corporate media said since the mid two thousands for sure. Yeah. Very interesting. 
kind of crazy stuff. Um, go go check it out if you if yeah. You want Peter Z E I H A N Take at Iowa State. Uh, I will be watching this with my wife tonight. There you go. Cool. We are nerds about that stuff. So thank you, Al. You know what you should watch out watch what? by the way. Okay. JP Spears on uh, Tucker. We watched that last night. It was fantastic. Okay. I'll look. I have my assignment. You have yours. Okay. Here we go. What? Uh, we have some another assignment coming up. Yep. What is it? Well, ARE Jeopardy. Let's All bring right. down the team. Bring them down. All right. Question number one. According to the 2021 IBC, section 1027.5, exterior exit. Not stairways. exist. Thank you. I knew you were going to get it. I'm change that for you. And ramps shall have a minimum fire separation distance of how many feet? Is it A, 5, B, 7.5, C, 3, or D, 10? All right. What do you got? A. D. A. D. Ten. Uh, so yeah, ten the, feet. The separation. Or so so if you have an A. Let's say you have an egg exit stair on the outside. If you protect it, there's different rules. If it's R three, there's di- so there's always exceptions. But like think about that. Okay. Question two. The exit discharge. Shall, pro- shall provide a direct and unobstructive access to what? Is it A, a dispersal area? Is it B, a public discharge? Is it C, a dispersal way? Or D, a public way? Tricky. <clears throat> D, D. Okay, not tricky at all. A public way. Nice. <laughs> you are correct. My questions, including the tiebreaker, if we need it, are written by Chad G- GPT. There we I go. was I was one of the uh, kings that got in this morning. So did you know it's so overwhelmed now? Yes, people, I couldn't get in. People can't do anything. So uh, anyway, thanks thanks for letting me in, AI. Number three, which of the following is not a type of load that a structure must be designed to support? Is it A, a dead load, B, live load, C, wind load, D, time load? All right, we got D, D, D. What'd you do? D. Correct. What do we got ah, for scores? Three. Three. All right, better okay. keep the lead. Keep the lead here, Jason. Number four, in which type of building would a gravity load system typically be used? A, high-rise building. B, low-rise building. C, suspension bridge. D, cabled stayed bridge. Tricky. What do you got? Uh, in which type of building would a gravity load system typically be used a high-rise building b low-rise building c suspension bridge d cable stayed bridge tricky uh, you picked a you are wrong as well <laughs> uh, in the building. J- what do you got a the correct answer is uh b low-rise building what's according what's to chat gpt i oh. asked them why is that correct answer and they said, uh, in building construction, gravity load systems are typically used in low-rise buildings as they rely on the weight of the building to keep it in compression and maintain its stability, as opposed to high-rise buildings in which they rely on other systems such as bracing to resist lateral forces such as wind and earthquakes. It's a classic ARE question. There we go. Where are we going to eat? Public comments. That's good. 
I like Public, Public House. House. There we go. Let's, Let's do it. Sounds great. Shall I take us out? Yes. Don't forget, if you're listening on iTunes, please leave us a five-star review in uh, the year 2023. And if you're watching on YouTube, like, subscribe, leave us a positive comment. We'll see you next.